In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And so, sometimes the lines are blurred. You just need to clean your glasses. Have we ingested so much Disney that we can no longer do something without us seeing a Disney character even when it isn't a disney film i would argue that disney has bought so many things you literally can't see anything disney hasn't touched at this point i don't think that's what you mean but i mean like disney has been around for so long been a part of every genre purchased uh other studios um genres um Mm -hmm. characters it's really hard to touch something that at some point they have not just been like Let's do our take on that. So there is something on Netflix, and it is animated. It's called Over the Moon. It's PG. Hmm. I wonder why it's not just a G. Anyway. And it is a beautiful cartoon. I'm you, Because you mentioned cartoon, um, I, I'm going to say I, I almost don't think you can mention like animation without including Disney somewhere in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Back in, I want to say it was high school, somebody was arguing with me about the movie Ants, and they were saying that it was inappropriate, and they could not believe that Disney would put something like that out there. It wasn't appropriate for kids. They, they, They shouldn't have done it. Like the Disney brand stands for this, and that movie is not that, and they're just, they're taking their name and they're slandering it. And I let them get all the way through it, and I go, right. I go, but that's DreamWorks. I go, the, the Disney version of whatever you're talking about is is A Bug's Life. Like, A Bug's Life is appropriate. I go, just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean that Disney did it. I go, now granted, they've probably done 85% of the cartoons, but they didn't do the one you're talking about, so they weren't selling their name. That was DreamWorks selling their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't. It, I mean, they're almost as synonymous with animation as like, you know, like the Kleenex or back in the day whenever a parent would refer to a video game system. It didn't matter if it was a Sega Genesis or whatever. It was a Nintendo. That's a Nintendo. So this film is called Over the Moon. And it is dedicated to Audrey Wells because Audrey Wells wrote it and Audrey Wells died before it could be completed. And she's the writer. relative of H.G. Wells? No. She's just a writer. not just a writer, but she's a writer. And she died of cancer in October of 2018. And so they were, you know, in the midst. It's animated, so those usually take at least two, two, three years to do. So um, she wrote this lovely story. And what is, I guess I want to say what is interesting about it, and they would have cast it. They had already cast it in 2018. But... This is an Asian-themed story, and all of the voice actors are of some manner of Asian descent. And the, the, what is she, the moon goddess is played by someone who any Hamilton fan knows and loves, and that's Philippa Sue. And Philippa Sue starred in the original cast of Hamilton as the wife. name. Yes, and I think it's S-O-O, Sue. Philippa Sue. And so there's singing, and the singing is glorious. There is 
just some lovely, the, the animation is beautiful. There is, uh, he's not a snowman, but he may as well be. And he's a blob dog thing. I don't really know what he is, but he's not a snowman. He's a blob dog. He's a blob dog. And the story is. Which sounds like a cartoon Nickelodeon would have produced in the, in the last, like it, it, it was the one that came right before SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. You watch Blob Dog and then, then uh, maybe SpongeBob and Ah, Real Monsters. So the story is, of course, in Disney fashion, parent has to be dead. So you have the mom is gone. And so you've got the dad has a daughter and the dad, four years after his wife dies, he starts seeing someone and that someone has a kid a couple of years younger than his daughter. And they're pretty serious. And the daughter doesn't want him to get married doesn't want this guy to be her little brother. And she wants her dad to remember what it was like to be in love with her mom. And her mom had always told her about this moon goddess and the moon goddess's eternal love for some moon god guy. Anyway, I don't remember his name. But she sounds, thought... Sounds terribly important. Yes, she said, if I can just go and prove to my dad the moon goddess is real, then he won't marry this woman. And so she builds a rocket ship and she goes to the moon. Would it, would it not be easier just to... Talk to her dad? Eh, nah. I mean, it's a lot less dramatic, it and it, it's probably not as as well-suited to be an animated yeah. tale. She goes to the moon. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know that I've ever had a problem that I'm like, well, I could discuss it with the individual, or no, I could moon. build a rocket, because I'm Reed Richards, um, and then I will go to the moon. Yes, and that is exactly what she does. And, of course, the little brother-to-be stows away. And uh, I don't want to say danger ensues, but she gets to meet the moon goddess and all sorts of things happen. And uh, the moon goddess turns out to be kind of, oh, what's the word? A jerk. Yes. Uh... Because the moon goddess just wants her gift. You know, where's your gift? I want my gift. What's your gift? So it's, I need the gift. It's like my kids on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Where's my gift? Yeah. Can I open she one? needs the gift just, because wanna, the moon goddess wants to bring her eternal love back. And so she needs the gift. She needs the gift from the kid. And the kid's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to take a picture with you and take it back to my dad. Well, you have to get the gift. And so she's, she's going, like, what about the gift of friendship? No. Um, so it's about finding out what the gift is. And helping the moon goddess move on. And in turn, the young girl gets the gift of family. And I the, knew there was going to be a gift of something like a, a friendship yes. or love. I, family, I, I would I would have guessed that. She, she does not need the rocket ship to get back because they have the giant orange dragons, or as I said, golden eagles, to just fly her back to where she needs to go. So, like, they're not worried about, like, being incinerated whenever no, they're trying to... No, because the Golden Eagles could... Well, I'm sorry, the dragons could hug them, and it prevented... The only thing that was incinerated was the photo that she needed to show her dad. Well, I mean, at least Neil deGrasse Tyson could probably chime in yeah. and be like, well, this is scientifically accurate. Something uh, correct. got incinerated. You, you do have to have a Golden Eagle or a dragon in order to re-enter oh, the Earth's minute, atmosphere. No, maybe they're lions. Maybe they're red lines. I don't remember. They were large I, beasts that flew. I'm going to interject here and say, even if, you, regardless of what color lion you are, I, I don't think that's going to help. They're on the moon. Oh, there yeah. are red lions there are on also the moon. Cats 
who have motorcycles on the moon. Why did they show us all that boring crap whenever they landed there? I don't know. Like that Brad Pitt movie, Ad Astra. There's no dragons in love. There's Why a don't lot they of cool stuff. Go to the, is that what's on the dark side of the moon? There's a lot of cool stuff oh my, up there. No wonder they sing about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. So uh, it is very much a family movie. It is a lovely thing to look at. And I've been described the same way. Good <laughs> good for families and beautiful to look at. And it's just it's the the songs are good. Clearly the voice talent is there to sing the songs. You'd mentioned you've got some voice talent from Hamilton, I believe. Oh yeah, and yeah. and other people and I I'm just not saying all their names because I don't want to mispronounce them all and sound like a jerk that, myself. That's very responsible but, of you. Uh a lot of them or at least one was in Crazy Rich Asians. So there were a lot, and they did a really great job. And there you have it. So that is called Over the Moon. I was—I really almost called it like Man in the Moon, and I, I was like, no, that's a Jim Carrey movie about, about no, Andy Kaufman. That is absolutely that not it. All. But it is worth watching. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching on TV. And Adam, Discovery. Season three is on the CBS All Access. You know, I think CBS finally listened to me. And by listened to me, I think they were already doing this anyways. Um, I think they probably recognized the spike in CBS All Access subscriptions whenever there is a Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming, and I don't know any of this data, that there is a very, very hard decline whenever a Star Trek show is off. Mm-hmm. I have more or less had it since, well, I, I mean, since Picard, actually, because I love a good Frasier rerun. But for the people that d- don't need 11 seasons worth of, of Kelsey Grammer going, for God's sake, Niles, um, they need <laughs> still funny. They need some, some Star Trek. And you've got an animated. Maris. Maris. <laughs> did they ever show her? Mm-hmm. Did I just miss that episode? No, she's like Norm's wife. That's... Uh, anyways, that's not what we're reviewing. Um, you know what I would say if someone ever said, oh, did you used to be on TV? I said, yes, I played Maris on Frasier. And I would th- totally say that. And as long as they, they didn't conclusively know that, they would just be like, well, she she, she could have been. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what Maris actually looked I would have like. to watch every season to see if maybe it was uncredited. Which I will go ahead and tell you is, is not really that much of a chore. No, it's not. Um, anyways, anyway, Star Trek. Um, you have Picard. You have Lower Decks. You have the upcoming Section 31. You have Strange New Worlds, which is the most recent iteration of Pike and Spock. Um, you have Discovery, which is now in its third season. Like And reputedly, they're also developing a Riker show right now, which makes me squeal with girlish delight. Would this be a current Riker thing or a pre- All- all due respect to Jonathan Frakes, I don't know if the technology exists to de-age him to 1987 anymore. I, I, I love I love the character and I love the actor, um, but I would say in the interest of keeping the budget restrained, we should probably do like at least a nemesis like to now kind of sort of maybe like what happened whenever he went on the Titan. Hey, use yes. that guy that played Solo that nobody liked that we liked. The one that the one that looks like a, a young Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he uh, Alden Ehrenreich. 
Yes. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything right. He's definitely not being Han Solo. I know. So. They'd be like, hey, do you want to take another uh, beloved character and play him at a younger age? And he'll be like, yeah, no. That, <laughs> that didn't That didn't work out well for me. So. Discovery when, season three. When we, when we last left Discovery, we had the delicious Captain Pike. We had the bearded Spock who finally shaves. And we have um, others. I forgot what they were doing. The, cr- the crew were, of the were, Discovery. They were all on the bridge, as I recall. Yep, there's everyone, lots of bridging. Yeah. Everyone was on the bridge, and Pike left, and there you go. So what what happened next? They are in the future, and I, I know I know people that may not have... So they're not paid. in the alternative. Where... The, the first season, they go to the Mirror Universe. Yes. And the second season, uh, the better part of Please that... Please try to keep up, people. The, the second season, we get Pike, who is the original captain mm-hmm. of the Enterprise. Which everybody already knew. Which I'm assuming you knew. And it, yeah. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you, you definitely know. knew. Yeah. They are flung into the future to keep all of that information that um, Michael Burnham's mother had essentially been trying to protect from what that species that felt like they were the precursor to the Borg in oh, season two. Oh, yeah. You had the circle of druids there. Um, oh, wait a minute. No, that's Picard. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. It's, <laughs> Picard. It's, it's all Star Trek. The, the actual Borg were in part uh, Picard. Yes. Okay. However, um, they are now in the future and like Discovery was already set in the future, but they're in like 700 years past that future, like past Next Generation, like past past Enterprise, past TOS. And so as a writer, you can make up anything you want. Well, technically you can do that at any point. But, but. Um, the most interesting thing about this season, and depending on which section of the internet that you're reading, which, by the way, just... Stay off that. It's <laughs> it's 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 a minefield. Um, all of those Star Trek gimmies. Like mm-hmm. if you go to any random episode, Star Trek: The Next Generation, the Federation will be there. Mm-hmm. There might be a monster of the week. They're going to land down on some planet. Picard's going to get real preachy about like blah blah blah. The Federation. We've got our ideals. Um, Prime Directive. Don't do that. Okay. Like and, and then they they beam up. Um, they've they've passed on like their 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 mumbo jumbo and we we roll to credits. We get to this future and something has caused every warp engine that ran off dilithium, which if you know anything dilithium ab- crystals, Captain, if you know anything about Star Trek is every ship in the Federation dilithium crystals. It has which caused- are a real thing, right? No, oh. no. Uh, just like an M-class planet. Whatever. Now, they, or at least the designation, M-class planets are real. It's just science doesn't actually call them M-class planets yet. Speaking of science, this is a real thing. And if this can be a real thing, why can't M-class planets be a real thing? I didn't say they couldn't. And even so, I'm just saying the designation isn't real. That's all. NASA said there are at least 300 million M-class planets. Possible is what I would call M-class planets uh, in our galaxy. Because they all are in the Goldilocks zone. You know what the Goldilocks zone is, Adam? That's not the Alpha, Beta, Delta, or Gamma no. quadrant. No, it is not. The Goldilocks zone is a part of the Milky Way galaxy that's not too hot because it's near the sun. And it's, it's not, not too, too cold. cold. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> so, isn't it? And it is a real thing. I'm assuming Star Trek has never included that because... no. 
you, you, there's no threat that could like if you had like a Borg like Goldy Dominion Locks. Romulan team up, but it came from like the Goldilocks sector. <laughs> like they're just gonna be like. <laughs> What are you going to do to us? And they're like, we're the Romulans, the Borg, and the Dominion. They'll just be like, you're adorable. <laughs> and then they just get their hurt, their feelings yeah, hurt and the gone. Goldilocks sound. I was just so tickled by that. So tickled. I, I really, I mean, as much as we like to, you know, name things for like Latin phrases. And I want to know the guy, I mean, were they just up at three o'clock in the morning? They're like, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Let's, <laughs> hey, let's just call it the Goldilocks sound. <laughs> People will say it. <laughs> And they did, and they have. So and that's, that's beautiful. It's, and if that can be real, why can't M Class Planet that I genuinely thought was a real thing? Why well, t- you listen to it for you know forty five, fifty years, and you really do begin to assume. Uh, whenever I, whenever I've ever ordered Earl Grey tea, it I can't say hot. Yes, at the end of it, because in my head, <laughs> that's how you have to order it. Some dumb kid asked me for a dollar, and I said. I don't carry money. I only have Star Trek money. You just told them there's no money in the future. (sighs) Star Trek money. Anyway, we digress. So they're in the future doing whatever it is they want. Like the super duper future. But they're not in the Goldilocks zone. No. Well, I assume they're not. They don't mention it if they are. Um, All of the warp engines that ran off Dilithian exploded in something that they call the burn. And as this is almost every single ship in the Federation, the Federation all but doesn't exist. It's kind of equivalent to the rebellion mm-hmm. in Star Wars. That you um you have seen vast sections of space that are now basically unpoliced. Um, they assume, well, we'll get back to Earth. Uh, that that's Earth is always like Earth is basically the center of the Federation. That's always good. We'll get our way back there. They get there and more or less, Earth is like, what are you doing? Who goes there? We're going to fire on you. And they're like, whoa, no, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. We're a federation. Mm-hmm. We're federation. And they're just like, Earth isn't part of the federation. You need to get out of here now before we destroy you. And as a, as a Star Trek fan, like I said, the Earth is not part of the federation. The federation is not going around, like, protecting anything. They, they, the first planet that Discovery accidentally crash lands, because I guess that's what happens after you travel 700 years into the future. I've never time traveled. But apparently, um, the the landings are are launch pad McQuack esque. And so they, I guess, one of the quests for this whole season is how to get more dilithium crystals, or how to change the ship to run off of something that isn't dilithium crystals. Well, they don't know exactly what caused the burn, but like Discovery has plenty of dilithium crystals. Oh, oh, okay. Like they've got a mountain of dilithium crystals. But those are also heavily sought after now because they're so rare. Ah. So Discovery, like every smuggler or every like pirate, like once they get word that Discovery has this and keep in mind, like Discovery is a 700 year old ship. So by pirate, do you mean like Han Solo is there or closer, something closer to that? Yes. It's not Johnny Depp like in, in a in a wooden sailing ship, though mm-hmm. that would be amusing it at would. the at the very least. So they're stuck on a planet and dilithium crystals make them a target. And that's, is there um, a big bad in this one or? They have not established specifically that there is a, like a seasonal threat. Basically right now, Um, More or less, it seems like they're going to try to put the Federation back together or at a bare minimum, try to find the the miss the 
the final pieces of what the Federation exists as now. Um, try to figure out what the burn is like there. All of the conventions and all of like the things that you're used to them falling back on, you know, like oh, we do this to the main deflector dish and reprogram the tricorder. Let's get this puppy out of here. Um, like they're, there, there's no support. Like the Federation doesn't exist. Like I mean, at least even in Voyager, the Federation existed. They were just really far away from them. Mm-hmm. Like it's nowhere. They are by themselves. They they are against the galaxy, and they are very much out of their element. They don't have the advantage of being like the flagship of the Federation. They're not the most advanced ship in the world. Like they they are they they have at this point something that's seven hundred years out of date all of their technology is dated like they don't even have updated star maps like every single like i mean and, and i i don't i don't want to seem cliched but like this is about as discovery as it gets like mm-hmm. everything is is new to them because they have been out of pocket for so long and have they found their their uh, uh descendants yet they have not but i'm sure that is probably going to be touched upon at some are I, I mean as a writer i would assume that would be something yes. you would want to because i think we're only three episodes in and i would have to do some back to the futuring and get some information that i could tell me when i go back to invest in so i, I would have to do that but really, i mean i just want to time travel like for real wait why i'm gonna tell you right now i can't time travel because i would I would do something that would would butterfly affect some stuff. I just want to see some stuff. And it kind of annoys me that I'm going to go through this world. And at the moment, there's no way to time travel. I want to go and see, huh, so that's how they did the pyramids. Interesting. See, my problem that I run into is every single bad guy in every time travel movie does something that I'm just like, that's a great no you shouldn't use it for that though like biff tannen mm-hmm. i'm not going to create like the the pleasure paradise and i'm not going to run my home right. down into the ground but like using the almanac to like bet on sporting events like to make myself a billionaire i can totally see me doing that or in time cop whenever jean-claude van damme is like split kicking people going back in time and just being like oh the stock market you're buying all of this so that in the year like 1997 like you're a gajillionaire Okay, yeah, I totally get why they did that. Um, literally everything I see evil people doing in time travel movies, um, except maybe, maybe Bill and Ted. I'm not. I, I'm just like, yeah, I should totally do that. That that would be. I mean, I just I wouldn't use it for evil, or at mm-hmm. least not that much evil. Yeah, it's a lot of evil. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just gonna. I would only do like an acceptable amount of evil. Huh. Anyway, seeing as time travel isn't real for us. This really bums me. I want to. I want to see. Well, here's the thing about time travel: if it does exist and they come back here, it would exist. It doesn't have to exist right now as long as it eventually exists, because you have a you have a friggin' time machine. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, time's not a straight line; it's a loop. All right. I I never thought of it like that. I'm just, well, listen, I've spent way too much time thinking about hypothetical or not real things. To not have thought about that. I think it's awesome. Anyway, Star Trek Discovery is worth the price of CBS All Access. Honest to goodness, like being able to have access to every inch of... I think maybe you don't have access to all of the movies, but I want to say it's at least the even ones. So maybe they were just like, 
There's no point in putting Star Trek V on there. Who's mm-hmm. going to watch that? But I mean, you've got seven seasons of TNG, seven seasons of DS9, seven seasons of Voyager, the animated series, um, the three seasons of the original series. You've got season one of Picard. You have three seasons of Discovery. You have one season of Lower Decks. So why don't they just call it CBS All Star Trek instead of All Access? Because Frasier's on there, too. Oh, okay. And I th- I want to say like some of the because CBS own owns Viacom, like they also have Comedy Central stuff on there. So like if you're into Reno 911 or Tosh.0 or like Drawn Together or any of that, mm-hmm. it's you also have that on there, which really doesn't it's not encompassed by the All Star Trek name. I see. I mean, not that I think CBS All Access is also probably not terribly descriptive. Like I would have went with like Paramount All Access or something like that, but. If you love Star Trek, like it's literally at your fingertips, like you you can cast it to a multitude of screens. You can log into it on like your your Xbox or your PlayStation. If you love Star Trek, CBS All Access is is well worth the five ninety nine a month that it requires. Wow. And they didn't even give it to you for free and you love it that much. Well, no, I had the first season free. Okay. Like that's, I waited until they had dropped a whole bunch of discovery episodes Uh and I got the first one and I was like, I'll just cut it off after that. But then they just kept giving me Star Trek and I was like, "Ah, fine, $6. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, uh, there is, there is a tremendous amount to watch. I could go on. I have been spending a lot of time on YouTube more than I thought I would, but they're not going to suck me in. I'm not going to subscribe to something else. And man, they are they are as aggressive as the people that want to know if I know about the extended warranty on my car aggressive. I know. Like in the middle of listening to a song, they're just like, oh, hey, 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 do you want to do you, do you hey, do you want to try uh, YouTube, YouTube Red or YouTube Premium or whatever the heck its name is? Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, oh. no, no, I, no, I still don't. Like you asked me four seconds ago. I don't know. I haven't changed my mind. And I still don't. Anyway, uh, there's lots to watch. Just a whole lot. Go through our, what, three years of podcasts and all that stuff is still out there. That's the magic of streaming. I hope the cloud doesn't one day get heavy and all of that goodness just go away. I I don't think heaviness applies to the cloud that you're talking about. Hmm. All right. Whatever. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Owen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.